0: Welcome to the Encounters Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Dopp, and on each episode, you will hear powerful stories of one-on-one evangelization. Brought to you as a collaboration between Mission of the Redeemer Ministries and Genesis Mission, the Encounters Podcast will encourage you in the Catholic faith, inspire you as a missionary disciple, and equip you to share the good news of Jesus Christ with the world. Well, Father John, it's great to have you back on the Encounters podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing
1: very well, thank you, Michael. Lovely to be here.
0: Good. Well, it's always good to have you with us to share what God's doing in your life, but also what God is doing in the lives of others through you. For our, all of our listeners, I want to welcome you. And for those of you that aren't familiar with Father John and the work of Genesis Mission or Mission Made Possible, I would invite you to visit our the website. It's in the show notes. Genesis Mission was founded for the purpose of helping to inspire and form and equip lay Catholics, or all Catholics, to live out their vocation to be missionary disciples. And one of the primary ways this happens is through one-on-one encounters with others, where we find opportunities and the Lord presents us with opportunities to share the gospel. So, Father, you have an encounter that you're going to share with us, but you mentioned to me that it's a little bit like a part two of the encounter that you shared with us last time. So, can you just... Remind us very quickly what happened in that first encounter and what lesson you learned from it. That first encounter was a man who
1: who I'd I'd sum up as being new age in terms of his thinking, his his philosophy. Just wanted to kind of put happiness into his life and into the world and all fell into this cosmic energy. And if you do good things, good will happen to you. And if you do bad things, bad will happen to you. So keep being happy, smiley, do good and all will be well. I don't know about you, but I, I meet a, a lot of people who carry that kind of simplistic way of thinking about life now. It's very prevalent. Got kind of, You know, like, hints of Eastern thought but kind of popularized by Western thought, et cetera. The man, this man was a great talker, very talkative, very friendly. So he, he kind of lived what he said, being happy and smiley, but it was quite hard to get a few words in to what he was saying, and sharing my own thoughts, and although I was listening to him, have a, a bit more of a conversation than what was turning out to be a bit of a monologue. And although I I did that to a certain degree of success afterwards, when the conversation finished after about half an hour, I felt a little bit frustrated. I wasn't able to kind of put my what I know is true to be across to him, and 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 for him to for it to register a bit more with him. So I took it to prayer the next day, and. Uh, it's almost like during the day then I was ruminating on it and I was thinking, what is it? If I, if someone gave me two minutes max airspace in a conversation to say, what is it I believe in? It boiled down to this. God is real. God is personal. God connects. and God transforms. Uh, and just have that simple formula for, where you can kind of branch off in all different ways about Jesus, etc., Uh, and the nature of God. So many ways, you kind of like platforms for you to to venture into deeper conversation with people, but you could still say that in about 20 seconds, if not less. So that was uh, my kind of learning reflection from my last encounter, which I then was starting to use myself, you know, in in, in future encounters where appropriate.
0: Okay, well, why don't you tell us a little bit about an opportunity you had where you could apply that learning?
1: On Saturday mornings, um, this was a something that arose out of covid in the early over a year ago we wanted people to stop kind of being so scared of each other and just kind of communicate and connect with each other and and we started offering free tea and coffee and what we call bacon butties right which is a a bread roll with with fried with grilled bacon on it um offering it free to people um and just having a few seats outside Cause we weren't allowed to do this inside because of covid and then just getting them to just, oh wow free yeah come on sit down and while we're cooking the things get talking and then sometimes quite often you got a bit of an encounter going
0: what a great way to bring people in
1: it was and it it, it, it was it's was a revelation to us how what the simplicity of it um and we, we literally we used just a little short uh, short a small george foreman um grill because we don't, it's not a commercial production. We actually want them to sit and wait for it to be cooked, because that gives us time to talk to them. You see, oh. so uh, there's a method to our our, our madness on that. Uh, now that we were only going to do this for a month, but then you know, 15 months later, we're we, we're still doing it when it when it's not raining, because uh, again, we still keep it outside as people are passing. So we had a few helpers uh, a few Saturdays ago, and um, I was doing something. Came over, and one of the helpers was making a bacon butty for this man she's having a, a simple little chat with her him. she's a filipino lady so conversing then when i came over she kind of handed him over to me in a sense like uh, in terms of me carrying on the conversation um which was not a problem is this like i said a, a nice opportunity then to a ready-made kind of person to engage with uh open questions always a way to you know get people talking he seemed quite a, a shy personality if you ask a question his his answers were were quite short at first uh, and he didn't ask too much back um so he's a little bit kind of closed in in, in a sense a little bit kind of shy and closed in he's no longer working now so he's a man living on his own he seemed to like to get out every day which was you know a sensible thing to do you know you're living on your own a bit disconnected from your family etc but get out every day, and, and so I think he was quite pleased just to have the opportunity to just have a cup of tea and, and a bacon butty, as as we call it. So, like I say, the overall impression was as I was talking to him, not a lot of energy coming, coming in his answers, etc. A man a little bit lonely, a little bit lost, a little bit vague was my my first impression. I mean, talked on on a certain level. I just asked him about what gave his life meaning. I love this question because it opens up so much. And his answer was a bit glib in a way. He just said, well, I just like getting up and and doing things, you know, routine of the day. Um, Because I was looking for a little opportunity to go a little bit bit deeper on this, but um, it it didn't quite happen with that answer. But um, So I'm praying at this time and saying, okay, Holy Spirit, where do I go with this? You know, is this going to just kind of carry on on this slightly uh, lighter level of conversation? But where we do this, obviously, it's outside the church. So... I had a little bit more ordinary conversation with him. But then I said, listen, have you ever seen inside this church? It's a beautiful church. He said, no, I haven't. And he'd he'd walked past his way quite a lot. and He'd never been in. So that did stir a little bit of interest in it. So come on, come and and see it. And then I took him into the the, the church, and and it was quite interesting to watch him. He he kind of went quite wide-eyed, like, wow, you know, because – like most churches, they don't look too grand from the outside. But You walk in and then suddenly you, 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 it seems twice as big and grand, etc. And it's a, quite a simple kind of monastic style church. But you're coming outside from a, a city into this, this quiet space. It's like he picked up on that almost immediately, in a sense. Um, you can see it, like an, it made an impression on him, slightly wide-eyed. as He's looking up and looking around, etc. So I, let him, I kind of let him absorb that, that silence for a while. Which is something i've learned to do as well to not kind of keep the conversation rapidly going sometimes just give people a bit of space but i could see that had an effect on him so i just said um you just walked in here and you know we've been quiet what are you feeling and he said peace and i thought i'm going to talk this up you know so i said a little bit like uh, quite often said people will experience that because you you walk into a sacred space here we you know we call this a church at like the house of god is a lovely kind of way of saying it in simple language and you seem to be picking up on on, on that peace uh you know it takes us out of the noise and the business of, of the world outside and we're entering into something special and, and you know we we can pick up on that so i then kind of moved into a deeper question of the sense of he talked about peace he's picking this up from the sense and atmosphere of the church do you have faith? And he said, "No." He said, "By I listen to my spirit." Right now, very careful words. He said, there. I listen to my spirit." And again, this is another opening from the Holy Spirit to go deeper. Right? Because the word spirit, obviously, you can, you can you can work with that in a sense.
0: But it's also it's also the first indication of what's kind of going on at a deeper level within him in terms of worldview, theology, how he understands things that.
1: That's right, yeah, yeah. And uh, when, I, when I said, how do you listen to your spirit? He said, he, he guides me. So, he, so I thought, oh, I quite a fascinating little area, this. His spirit guiding him. So, so I, again, keep the questions coming, so I'm thinking, how does he guide him? Uh, so I, I asked him that, and he gave me an example. He said, I bought a house a few years ago. He said, there was two houses. One was dearer than the other. I looked at both, but my spirit said, buy the dearer one. It'll be better for you and he said when i bought it shortly after there was a bit of vandalism connected with the, the cheaper one which if i bought i would have suffered from therefore my spirit guided me into a right decision so again he, I, he was starting to open up a bit here i talked then about my belief in that we and, and for all of us you know we, we're bodies but there's something more to us because i'm connecting them with what he is saying his spirit and i said you know in one sense you're right there we're body and soul you know we, we, we have a spirit and he, he related to that because obviously he kind of, in a sense, bouncing back something something he's, he said from his life. I then talked, I said, I said, you don't mind me saying this as well, but I want to kind of ex- say something of myself on this. I talked to him about the Holy Spirit that can guide us. I said we have our own human spirit, but I also believe in the Holy Spirit who is of God, who, who can guide us this registered with him because this is how the one of those god instances isn't it uh, he said oh that's interesting he said holy spirit because someone phoned me up from a religious group the other day and they were talking about the holy ghost i'm thinking oh someone phoned him up <laughs> then i realized what i kind of worked out he wasn't sure who these people were what their name was but i reckon they'd we met some mormons who he'd uh, got oh. talking to and then he'd obviously said oh you if it, he'd made a connection and they were phoning him every now and again again though we were able to again common ground this holy ghost holy spirit but he said "Then i don't really understand it too much i'm not particularly bright i don't i kind of don't really know this stuff so that gave me a little quote i, I said look this thing about being bright i said we have a lovely piece of scripture that says blessed are, are, are you who are not clever at academic my, my father reveals me to you you know uh, i was able to kind of bolster him up a little bit with that um me is it bless me father um for revealing these things um not to the clever and wise but to mere children you know and so i was able to introduce a little of scripture there like i i say and then then i started to explain my belief in in, in god and the connection with the holy spirit so i i was, I was able to start to do a little bit of a charisma with him then of You know, there's there's, can only be one God that exists. You know, if God is God, there can only be one. But we believe He's revealed Himself as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And it's interesting, isn't it? In our day and age, he said, "Well, I've never really heard that before, uh, or understood that before." You know, it's quite revelatory to me. But he was listening quite intently now. By now, and then that's when I introduced as well that little formula I stated at the beginning: of God is real, God is personal. God connects, God transforms. And I I thought, I'm gonna use the church. He seems to like the church. So I I thought I'm gonna take into various parts of the church and start to unfold this for him. So I took him to the Our Lady altar on the the side of the sanctuary. There's a beautiful kind of iconic picture of Mary holding the the child Jesus. Uh, And so I was able to say this thing about God is real, but he wants to connect with us. How does he connect? He takes on our humanity. You're in Jesus Christ. He 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 takes on flesh and blood like that us, born into our world just like us. And, and I was able to explain that through with the image as well. So again, he was listening, taking this on board. And then just on the main sanctuary, there's a beautiful kind of life-size crucifix. And I said, you know, again, what was at the heart of why Jesus did this? Not just to connect with us, we want to do something great for us as well. How he, he took on a life just like us, but also entered into death. Uh, which was holding us down. We could not get beyond death you know, until Jesus, as God, enters into death and you know bursts into the resurrection. Uh, and so I was able to do a very straightforward kerygma on why Jesus died. At the, at the end of the day, I was able to kind of really give quite a thorough, charismatic kind of catechesis to him uh, of who God is, uh, Father, Son, and Spirit. Words you kind of heard in different places, but never really connected, never really um, pieced together. Now, that was good in itself, but it's like the Holy Spirit is now saying to me, take this a little bit further, okay? Get him involved more. Get him." On. So I'm thinking, okay, conversion is at the heart of what we're about, isn't it? St. Paul the Sixth in his lovely encyclical on evangelization said, the church exists to evangelize. The church evangelizes when it seeks to convert. So that was kind of running through my mind a little bit. And uh, I just asked him if I could pray with him. He readily said yes. So in my prayer I included these elements of Lord let your Holy Spirit guide him. Let your Holy Spirit guide him into the fullness of truth, the fullness of understanding of who you are, that he may have a strong and living faith in you. i I, also prayed into his searching, his seeking, because there was a sense was coming through of he was a he was a seeker, and this like I say, this talk about his own spirit. At least he was kind of deeply reflecting, and before he made decisions in life, etc. To for God to kind of um grow that seeking in him, that he may find the fullness of truth. At the end, then it's like, okay, I invited him to say the Our Father with me. Now, fascinatingly, he knew the words of the Our Father, so he'd either learnt it very well when he was younger or somehow maybe he'd even read it or said it but he, he, he hadn't said that but it's amazing that or interesting that he is able to say the our father with me we then kind of we went outside and had a few more words and, and then off he went i did invite him to mass the next day in that church at twelve thirty on the sunday the next day he didn't turn up but i still feel that was a a good encounter with a fair good of a fair amount of catechetical kind of kerygma wording in it as well to kind of help them have an understanding etc evaluating that as well I'd, I'd simply say that um at the start it didn't look that promising you know of how can we get below a rather vague kind of conversation to something more uh and again there's one of our, our little maxims you know drop your preconceived ideas keep the prayer to the holy spirit going you know keep interest in the person see where that goes and it went a lot further than I would have thought of at the beginning.
0: As you're sharing the charisma with him, kind of a catechetical charisma, as you called it, what type of response were you getting from him? How did you know that he was with you in it? I was
1: kind of checking in with him, like, I, you know, does that make sense to you, et cetera. But I could tell by his face. It's almost like his his eyes were, were saying something more to me when I look back on this. He was he was having conversation with me at the beginning, but... It wasn't a lot of kind of engagement, almost, whereas it's almost like he was looking at me more in the face. His eyes were a bit kind of wider, like, oh, you know, look, this, is, this, is, this is making sense to me. You know, and like I said, when he walked into the church, that look on his face was quite um, wide eyed, literally. So there's a little bit more of that kind of engagement, is what I was picking up. And that's what kind of gave me a little bit of confidence as well to, to keep doing this. is not too much for him because I can read in his face, he's taking it in.
0: It's also interesting just the contrast between this gentleman and the one from your previous encounter, the one who was much more talkative and chatty, and this one seemed to be quieter and more introspective. You know, sometimes when we encounter people that are quieter or more shy or less revealing, it certainly shouldn't be interpreted as meaning that they're not interested in the more important questions. Bringing them into the church through an encounter, a sacramental encounter, and I mean that not in the capital S sacrament, I mean that in the generic sense of material things communicating spiritual realities, that is encounter with beauty in the church and the truth that's revealed in the architecture or the artistry within the church, that that would, it would help to open up within the conversation the willingness to have these, to address some of the deeper questions.
1: Yeah, it it spoke to him powerfully. I think it it, it almost took him by surprise. I think it was part of the expression on his face, you know, um, of walking in, literally walking a few steps from the sacristy onto the sanctuary. And he he looked up and looked around. And churches do have that wonderful ability, don't they, to focus someone into a sacred space very, very quickly. And how often have I heard of, you know, people when they go on holiday and they're they're worldly people and doing whatever they're doing, but they love going to churches and always, you know, often saying to them, what is the attraction? I and mean, it takes a while for them to kind of articulate, but they, they, they get there in terms of a sense of peace or uh, I just feel better when I go or, or whatever. You know? it's, it's, um, so yeah, maximizing these spaces as well is, is something to keep in mind.
0: This story reminded me of, it reminded me of the fact that there is deep suffering. You know, you think of this man, he seemed lonely, he was separated from his family. He'd lost his job. The life that he's living now is probably not nearly as exciting and engaged as it had previously been. And when you've asked him that first question, and so he said, what kind of gets him up is he just gets up in the day and just kind of goes about his business. It struck me when you were sharing his response and him saying that, because I wonder how many people are out there where their life hasn't fallen apart, but gosh, their life isn't what they ever dreamt it would be. You know, who dreams of being unemployed and lonely and separated from your family? And how that can prepare the soil for the reflection on greater things, greater spiritual things, and prepare the soil for the message of the good news of the gospel.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because, again, looking back on him, it's almost like he was, he'd was been slightly dulled by the main mundanity of day by day. You know, I just get up, you just do a day you know and it's almost like it maybe for ages he'd not had reflected deeper or gone deeper with anyone in a conversation and, and so it took a little while for him to warm up to it but he did warm up to it and I and say it, it, that the face change was quite quite impressive like when he was first talking he was like facing you but not really looking at you uh like a kind of engagement there which which, which improved you know uh, and like I said, I think a lot of people do get beaten down by the, the the kind of day-by-day mundanity of things, the routine of things. They have no way of getting out of it, no roots in their heads to, to to kind of see something different. And again, this is the power of, of of the life of Jesus, what he offers us, his truth, his love, his grace. It just opens up so much in life. And, and you read this on pay, people's faces so much. You know? You're thinking, how do I deal with that? How can I get there? And all it takes is somehow, finding ways of of conversation starting and and connecting and communicating, you know, and and then the rest can follow from that. It it is such common ground for people, isn't it, who just get a bit beaten down by life, accept it as it is. Again, that's why one of my favorite questions, when life gets tough, what gives it meaning for you? Uh, And that that can be a a door opener for for deeper conversation.
0: Yeah, maybe that's a challenge, you know, for each of our listeners. In the next week or two, to look out into, and for us as well, but to look out into our lives and see what people are there that we're missing that are sort of where this man was, where life is a little bit mundane, where they're a little bit beaten down, where they're a little bit almost skittish or just suffering in ways that have kind of mounted or what's the word? That's not the right way to put it, but the suffering of life is a great weight on them. And maybe to try to have the eyes to see those people because those. My sense is those sorts of people can just pass by in our lives and we just miss them. I mean, thanks be to God that man sat down and wanted, you know, the the bacon sandwich. But so often those people in society just seem to get missed because they're not the chatterboxes. They're not going out there and trying to connect with people. They're just kind of keeping their head down, going about. And maybe as Christians, we need to have sort of our spiritual antenna up for the little ones. You know, Pope Francis talks about going to the margins of society I feel like he's kind of, that's an example of someone who's literally in the midst of society, but in some ways is still an the emergence of society.
1: Very much so. And, it, you know, his confidence levels, his ability to open conversations, et cetera, was, was quite minimal in, in a way on his own. So you can imagine him just kind of ghosting through the day, you know, people not seeing him but not seeing him, you know. And if that happens day after day, month after month, year after year, well, it's, it's a hard place for people, you know. Uh, and it, it, this is this is a power of what 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 we can offer, you know, by by simply looking for ways to connect, communicate, you know, this this human conversation, uh, and having that explicit intention in what you're you're doing. So you're not fabricating anything. You're just letting the, the flow of the conversation go. Let the Holy Spirit do His stuff. Keep praying as you as you're doing it in, in your head. You know, short little. Come on, Holy Spirit, open that open some door for me here, or where's this going to go, Holy Spirit? You know, I don't, let me know. Um, You know, all that, those little three-word lines, the Holy Spirit, once the conversation gets going and and see what
0: happens. It can be quite amazing then. Absolutely. Well, listen, Father, thank you very much for sharing this testimony with us and the great work that you and Michelle are doing with Genesis Mission. It's been a joy to have you on, and I look forward to having you on again in the near future
1: Thank you, Michael. It's always a, a privilege to, to work with you, and uh, you make these sessions very easy. That's good. All right. Good.
0: It's been a lot of fun. Thank you, Father. God, God bless. bless you. Thank you. It is great having you with us for the Encounters podcast. If you haven't already, please subscribe for free through Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast service you use. This one sure you get every episode right to your device. We also would love for you to join our free Mission Made Possible sessions which will prepare you for one-on-one evangelization. Contact us through the website linked in the show notes. We can't wait to have you join us.